Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite, and part-time co-host, slash Rutgers beat reporter, Craig Epstein. Guys, uh, this weekend was uh, another kind of bad weekend for Rutgers, uh, sports anyway. Uh, Rutgers lost yesterday to Purdue, but they did cover, so I guess that's one thing. They lost 68-60. to 60. Uh, The wrestling program suffered another defeat by the Big Five, falling to Minnesota 20-12. to 12. Um, we do have some some positive recruiting news we'll touch on at some point as well from the events. We had an official visitor for basketball. We had a pretty big junior day group there for the game as well. Um, so the crowd was, you know, obviously very uh, raucous. So I'm sure that they had a good impression, even though Rutgers lost. Uh, but let's talk about that loss. Rutgers lost 68 to 60 to Purdue. Uh, this is a game that Rutgers really kind of roared back in the second half. They they went into halftime down 13. Um, and there were points where the game got to two points. Rutgers, you know, looked like they might go on a run, but then Purdue was able to answer each and every time. Um, let's talk high level. Uh, Craig, what did you think about this game and kind of how Rutgers played and why they ended up losing? Yeah, it was kind of a tale of two halves where the first half was just kind of what we've come to expect with Rutgers at this point. I mean, the shooting was just, abysmal they made i think nine shots in the first half they ended up shooting 26.5 percent in the half i mean we said it on twitter i mean so they were they were really lucky to be done by 13 honestly going into the half the fact that a number two team in the country like purdue doesn't really bury you when you just have that bad of an offensive half is just just you're lucky and then the second half they came out and they just kind of looked like a completely different team. Uh, they, I mean, it was strange because the first half, it felt like all day, all they took were mid-range shots. First half, but first half they were just not going down. And second half they did start to go down. And then, like we said, they started to piece their way back, made it a one-possession game multiple times. It felt like Rutgers, maybe if they could just get that lead, get just maybe one more run that they could take control of this game and the rack would just start you know, producing some more of its magic but they just couldn't break through. They just couldn't get it. And like we've said in the past, where this team where we say put together 40 minutes, you'll probably win. If you put together 33 minutes, you probably win this game. So it's just, it's unfortunate that again, Rutgers wasn't able to, you know, just put together that complete performance. Because again, if they, if they did this, we probably would have been talking about once again, another rack magic type of game against Purdue. Yeah. Uh, the tail two halves thing is like a hundred percent. Like that's the, the name of the game, at least for this one on Sunday. Um, they just, they can't score. They never have all season long and they still can't score. Uh, free throw shooting sucks. Still three point shooting sucks. Still 
Um, I don't even know like what else to say. It's just it was just uh, it was a bad game, and it sucks because they had they won the turnover battle, they won the rebounding battle. They just can't make baskets at the end of the day. They go down eight instead of going down and building it back up and getting down to like a four point three point game. They let it go to like what was the the biggest lead they had? They had a fourteen point lead with fifteen minutes left. So and then they just they they fought back. They had a nice little seven zero run that came out of nowhere. Um, it's like oh my god, offense! Wow, this is weird. And then all of a sudden it just uh, fell apart again. They um, couldn't close. It is what it is, and uh, they just always have a good game plan for Purdue, and uh, especially when it's at home. But yeah, I mean uh, the crowd did as much as they could, and it is what it is. It's another loss at the end of the day. You can't really. Uh, I see some people saying like, "Yeah, great effort." I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's still another loss." Like you, you could have had this one. You had all the numbers to back it up um, in rebounding, turnovers, every defense. You just didn't have the offense to to pull off uh, another magical win against Purdue. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm leaning with this. Where Rutgers had 15 offensive rebounds in this game, Purdue only had six. They won the offense. They won the rebounding battle in general, 36 to 32. Um, <clears throat> Rutgers just like you said, they couldn't hit a shot. They were nine for twelve, twenty at the rim. So another game under fifty percent at the rim. They took another twenty-six mid-range shots. They were eleven for twenty-six from the mid-range. I, I, I really don't know why those aren't three pointers. Like, how many eighteen-footers did we take yesterday that we settled for? <laughs> um, counting at one point. Why was per, counting Purdue, at one point? <laughs> Purdue had four mid-range shots the entire game. Like these teams yeah. that we face that have a modern understanding of offensive basketball. Do not take mid-range shots because they're the least efficient shot on the on the on the court. And we continually just do this like DeMar DeRozan style game where we, you know, try and back down guys and just settle for the the shot at the elbow. Like we have to get a better concept of offensive basketball for next year because those shots are just not worth taking in general. Like if they're wide open, it's one thing and you're getting it in rhythm occasionally, that's fine. At the end of the shot clock, maybe. But we're taking these kind of mid-range shots, you know, 20 seconds left on the shot clock. And it just makes no sense. Um, one really positive I thought from the game, even though his numbers don't look that great, Gavin Griffiths, he scored eight points. If We've been talking about it over and over. Like, this kid has a ton of talent, and he just needs to kind of shoot through this freshman slump. And he only went three for 11 in the game. But you saw that kind of confidence start to creep back in the second half. When he mm-hmm. hit that, that three-pointer at the beginning of the second half, like, I don't think I've ever seen somebody that hyped for a, for a shot with, you know, 18 minutes left in the game when you're down mm-hmm. like eight points. Like he was, maybe it wasn't eight, but it was, he was so hyped. He was pumping his fist. He was screaming, comes back down. I think the next possession hits that fadeaway on the, the baseline. Like this is a guy who we really need to start get going and, and kind of get his feet underneath them going into next year because he's going to be a piece that we rely on. You know, we need, you know, a third score for next year when Ace and Dillon are here. Currently, I don't know who that guy is on the roster. Um, we thought maybe Mwat Mag would be that guy, but Mwat had a terrible day yesterday. He went 0 for 6 from the field. He only had one rebound, two assists. Like, Mwat, if he's not getting, you know, his 15 points we've become, become accustomed to, we usually see him you know, really amp it up on the defensive side of the ball. He only had one steal, no blocks. He played 25 minutes. He just had a rough game. Um, and usually Mawat steps up for these big games. So I don't really know what happened with him yesterday. But, I mean, you guys said it before. We are seeing these same issues that we see game after game. We can't hit threes. We can't hit shots at the rim. And we're not great 
shooting free throws. And if you look at, you know, where Rutgers ranks in a lot of these areas, uh, Rutgers in effective field goal percentage is 356th out of 362 teams in college basketball. Uh, in terms of two point percentage, they're 350th out of 362 and th- three point percentage, they're 331st out of 362. So they can't hit shots anywhere on the court. That's, you know, partially because you run this totally disjointed offense. And partially, honestly, guys, because we're just kind of at a talent deficiency. Yeah. We talked about this a few pods. I, I truly think that circumstance kind of screwed us this year with some of these guys. Um, if, like, for example, if Cam Spencer leaves the first week in March versus the end of May, I fully expect Pike to go into the portal and look for a number one scorer. But because of the way things played out, it just wasn't in the cards. Um, I think Paul is a, was a significant loss too, but not to the same level as Cam Spencer. Because Cam Spencer, he papered over so many problems offensively last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he won games on his own, either from late game free throw shooting or hitting clutch shots. You know, Northwestern comes to mind. Purdue comes to mind. There's a lot of games last year where you think, we're not winning that game without Cam Spencer. And there's a few games this year, you know, the Ohio State game, this past game. Like, if we had a go-to score, we'd probably win those games. So, I don't know. It's, it's, this feels like it's starting to be a little bit of a lost season, and it just needs to kind of start focusing on development. Like, of our final, what, uh, 11 games, we're favored in three. Yikes. Like, this is going to be a pretty tough stretch. Uh, the rest of the season. Not that that you know we've talked about how the schedule gets easier, mm-hmm. but I do think we need to kind of start being realistic with expectations at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it'll also be kind of a telling stretch because, like you said, they got Penn State coming up on Wednesday night, and who knows? They have a little bit of an injury bug right now. We'll see how that affects them. But this—that's a game Rutgers should probably, especially being at home, that's a game Rutgers should win. So this this type, of, even though it's you know one game in really end of January. This is going to kind of tell you a lot about where this team is and what could end up being because Gav, because the freshman Gavin and Jim Michael Davis had a had a pretty good night uh, or a pretty good day against Purdue and that's Purdue number two team in the country. I thought Gav, like we said about Gavin, I think he was just a lot more active on the offensive end and really the defensive end. He just you could just see sometimes you look at the stat, you look at his stat line three for eleven for eight points isn't great. But if you just go beyond that and you just watch him, like you said, you see his confidence, you see him just kind of in the flow of the game more. He didn't just look really just lost out there. You could see maybe now he's, things are starting to click for him a little bit better. And I think just on the defensive end, I think even though, you know, I think he's listed as a guard, like he's not like going, I, he can't be a guard, honestly, at this point watching him. He's just too slow footed. These guys just run around him. So just wait next year. Once he starts putting really more muscle onto his body, I think you're going to see him probably defend more of like forwards and things like that. And he did help, even though he didn't get really that many rebounds, I could see him getting affecting really, you know, getting his body in there and really affecting and helping Rutgers get, uh, get some more rebounds out rebounding Purdue yesterday. So we'll see how they develop. Same with Jermichael Davis. And now, like you said, I don't think like I don't think that like we've talked about, I don't think this is a postseason team, but let's see how this team develops now going forward that the schedule lightens up a bit. Yeah, he's a three man. He, that's what he is. He's just going to have to be a three man. He's six, seven. You don't have a choice. And like you said, he's too slow footed to guard any guard in the league. Um, I think someone said that in preseason. I think all of us did, actually. But 
everyone on the board was like, no, he's a guard. Everyone, he's a guard. He's going to play guard. He wants to be a guard. I'm like, yeah, Andre Hyatt wants to play guard too. Unfortunately, he's not playing guard. Like, you can call yourself a big guard all you want, but you're not a guard. Um, nine of 28 uh, in the paint today, or yesterday. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. They went 0 of 11 in the paint that wasn't at the rim. That's just brutal. They can't hit a shot. Like, they're going up for, like, contested layups. And even if they get a foul call, they're not hitting a free throw. So it's like, yeah. it's just a redundant possession. At that point, I'm, I'm on the verge of just saying, hey, dude, just start chucking from three. I don't really care. But uh, going back to what Mike said before, they, they do have to just go for development at this point. Start Jermichael Davis, please. Please. I've been saying this the past three or four podcasts. Just start him. Like he's, I think he's the better guard at this point. I think he's, I hate to say it, I think he's better than Derek Simpson. Um, Derek Simpson's last, what was this, last five games, 26% from the field. Last six games, 28% from the field. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I need more scoring out of my point guard that's supposed to be one of my top two, top three scorers on the court. Um, I think you just got to switch it up. And then maybe even, you saw Gavin Griffith get pretty hyped. Throw him out there more. Like, just let him go nuts. Like, let him go. Like you, Mike said, I've never seen a kid so happy to hit a three-pointer that made him, what, one of five? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Like, let him, let him go out there. Let him gain his confidence back. There were only, and going back to the Michael Davis thing, there were only two players on the team yesterday that had a, a positive plus-minus. I know it's not the end-all, be-all stat, but um, Jermichael Davis at positive one and Austin Williams, positive six. I think you start those two. I think you have to switch it up. You have to keep trying stuff. And it also helps with development because Jermichael Davis might be your starting guard next year. Yeah, no, he could be. Um, I don't expect that, but it's definitely a possibility either, but... for sure. Um, I do think that these small guards um, have really hurt Rutgers offensively. If you just look mm -hmm. at three small guards at the rim this year, yeah. uh, between Noah, between Derek, and between Jermichael, they're shooting combined 38.7% at the rim. Like, they're just not able to get clean looks at the basket, and the ones they do, they're not making. So uh, there's just, I don't know, there's, there's just a lot of problems offensively with this team. I, I really hope that next year they do uh, hire some kind of offensive coordinator. I know we've talked about this, but they just need somebody to kind of oversee the offense moving forward, in my opinion. There's just not a cohesive element to anything they do. They, you know, they started running, you know, these, like, they don't even run like a high ball screen every play. They're just kind of like, you know, whirring around kind of aimlessly. And occasionally when they do call a set play and it looks good, they don't ever go back to it. It's just, I don't know. But we've I'm also not... talked about where it seems like they, they score, they're just better offensively when it's more like transition, more like just fast paced offense. So I don't know why sometimes they don't just kind of pick up the speed and just keep the ball moving, you know, more on offense. They just run just the half court offense and it just results in nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, effective field goal percentage is pretty cool. They're almost at the bottom of NCAA <laughs> D one. Like uh, their tempo's te technically up, I think, from last year. I think they're one ninety two this year, according to Ken Palm. I don't know what. I think last year they were uh, in the two hundred. So I mean, we they're talked moving. about it in the preseason. Like this team has speed, but it just like it doesn't <clears throat> seem like they utilize it. Not that they don't utilize it; they just physically as well can't. As they put, like, at least, <laughs> like it's def. It goes back to the thing: it's square peg, round hole. Like 
you have some pieces that could run up and down the court, but like other pieces are just like lost and like trailing behind. Like it's, I don't know, it's tough and it sucks because I I thought actually Cliff had a great game against Zach Eady at least in the first half. Yeah, and then you you put Wolf Folk, he gets a little bit bodied, and it's like, fuck, all right, um, put Cliff back out there. Then Cliff gets a little bodied again in the second half, and I'm like, oh shit, like all right, well there goes that plan. It's over. <laughs> I do think they played. Ed really really well. If we want to Ooh. talk about another positive, like that was yeah. it, it was long stretches in the first half where he wasn't involved at all. Mm-hmm. Like he was just kind of like placed places underneath the, the basket or like along the baseline where he had no looks at the at the hoop. Yep. You know, we forced a lot of bad shots from him in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Wolf gave us some really good defensive minutes in the first half. Yeah. Uh, but slowly, I mean, Ed, like they were really calling. Like anytime Rutgers seemed to like look at him wrong, they were calling a foul. Like he had as many free throws as as Rutgers did as a team in, in terms of uh, foul shots. So I, I'm not saying that the game was called unfairly. It's just like he's basically like Shaquille O'Neal in college basketball. Like you you have to be super aggressive with him. You have to be physical, and he'll fight through a lot that doesn't look like a foul. But then on replay, it's like oh yeah, he, somebody was holding his arm, but he's just this you know alien in the paint. Yeah, it's it was really funny. You know, we've seen it, you know, for three or four years now. But seeing him standing next to Cliff is just—it looks like another. He looks like Cliff is like the JV center rolling out to to guard the the varsity center in uh, in ED. <laughs> um, it's just not easy to defend him, and Rutgers did a pretty admirable job um, overall, but it just wasn't enough in in general. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm. I'm kind of sniff. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watch. I don't watch Purdue that much, but I'm kind of sniffing a. Because uh, it felt like just like I don't know. It just felt like yesterday they were a little bit of the same the kind of teams from the years past where they kind of get knocked out early in March. Where it's just like they run it once they run into problems. The game plan is just dump it to Ed, dump it to Ed, and I'm like, I don't know if that's gonna work come March time. So I don't know. I'm, I might be kind of sniffing a uh, or another early exit for Purdue. I'm not gonna say they're gonna lose to a 16 seed again. But I'm also not not gonna not. Say that. <laughs> so Edie's is a really good passer too. If you dump it yeah, down and he gets doubled, there's going to be somebody open, and he's really good at finding that open guy on, on the on the perimeter. And they have, you know, last year I think they had a lot of problems because their two main guards were both freshmen, and now that they're sophomores, I think they've gotten a, you know a little bit better. You know, you watch that guy uh, Lance Jones yesterday. He was you know while he didn't score a lot, he was doing basically everything else for them. Uh, you had five steals, eight assists, ten rebounds. Like that's the kind of stuff we're used to from a guy like, like a Caleb McConnell, who maybe he didn't have the best scoring night, or a Moat Mag, maybe he didn't have the best scoring night, but he was filling up the stat sheet elsewhere. Uh, even a guy like Mason Gillis, I-, I can't believe he's not starting for them still. Uh, he had a really good night. Like they have dudes outside of Edie this year that they didn't have in years past, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that certainly everything does go through Edie, and if Edie isn't making free throws, if Edie isn't able to, you know, get those putbacks, you know, he had five of their six offensive rebounds. Like half the time, he just mm-hmm. kind of stands there with his arms straight up and gets the ball because he's just that much of a physical mismatch. I think this is easily the best Purdue team we've seen in recent memory. Like I, I do think there is a difference between you know the past few years and this year. I'm just saying they better not run into a Jersey mid-major. It's true. <laughs> I'll go out on a limb and say that they're probably going to lose to the 8-9 seed. I don't think it's ever a limb, but like, you never know. I think this year's field is particularly weak. Yeah. Um, so I think there'll be a lot fewer big-time upsets like that than years past. 
Yeah, so maybe we'll just, just we'll, we'll uh, put a pin in that, and you guys can remember and call out one of us in March. Hmm. Um, I mean, we, we see people on Twitter claiming two Ivy Leagues. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's not give any oxygen to that fire. Um, all right, so we kind of beaten this game to death. Uh, Rutgers did have quite a few visitors on campus for this one, though. We want to start um, with the terms hoops of, one now? Yeah, let's start with the Hoops one. So Rutgers had uh, an official visitor for Hoops on mm-hmm. campus, Jalen Harrell, who had made a uh, an unofficial visit in September, I believe, to a football game. Correct. Uh, he is a top 100 player in the class of 2025. I think he's around. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In the 90s, he's from Massachusetts. He's a, a small forward. Um, he has Rutgers and Providence, I believe, is his top two right now. Xavier's kind of like on the outside looking in as a third. Xavier's yeah. on the outside looking in. How did his uh, How did his visit go? And where do you think Rutgers stands in terms of uh, you know a confidence interval here? So it's interesting. He uh, they had he had a good time. Obviously, like you can't really have a bad time when everyone's paying for your meals. You get a whole free trip. You get to go check out everything. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's a free weekend basically uh, to do whatever you want. Um, top 100 recruit Jalen Harrell. Now he's listed as a small forward, but again. One of these guys that I'm a big guard. I'm like, whatever, dude. You call yourself what you want. When you get here, when you're playing the three, it is what it is. Um, he's a good player, though. Uh, I thought Rutgers did a pretty good job. TJ Thompson's the lead guy here, as he is with just about every New England kid based on his connections. Um, it sounds like Rutgers made up a lot of ground. Going into this, it sounded like it was all Providence all the way. Um, but they made up a lot of ground. I'd say it's pretty even right now. The only concern is that he's going to visit Providence in a month. He's Xavier next weekend for an official visit, and they're on the, they're on the way outside. Like I shouldn't say distant third place, but they're not close to the first two either. Um, so he's going to go visit them next weekend. Then he has Providence on the third, or no, I'm sorry, on the eighth of eighth uh, of March. And uh, he did the same thing with Providence. He took an official visit to them in fall. Our unofficial visit in fall, and now an official visit in March. He's, pro- I still think he's probably going to end up in Providence. Um, NIL is a factor here, so we're going to see what happens there. Um, Providence don't sleep on their NIL collective. They have a lot more money than people think. Um, those those Big East schools invest a ton of money into basketball because, well, they they got nothing else to invest into. Um, and it's it's still arguably a I shouldn't say this out loud, but I think the Big East might be a better conference than the Big Ten. Like, it's it's very, very close. The Big East is very good. And I know everyone talks about the Big Ten and football and all this, and they have this and money, but it's still the, the Big East is still a dominant basketball conference at the end of the day. Um, I still think he's going to end up Providence, but I think Rutgers made up a lot of ground this weekend. So it's going to be closer than I originally expected. Yeah, we were hearing a lot of rumblings about uh, NIL playing a huge factor in this recruitment. Do you still see that as one of the main drivers, or is this kind of more wide open now? Yeah, I think it's still a main driver. Um, even before I got a chance to reach out to the kid, not not today, back when he was planning his visit in fall, 
I had an agent reach out to me. He was like, hey, man, just so you know, like, my guy, Jalen Harrell. And I'm like, oh, you're your guy? Like, are you, like, his uncle? Like, your coach? Like, what What are you? And he's like, oh, I'm his advisor. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's the name of the game these days. Um, it used, it's funny because this is all above board now. But back in the day, it used to be, you know, this is the, the bag man or this is the handler. Or this is, you know. This is the guy who gets a McDonald's bag full of cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Hmm. All right, so that's positive. Uh, this is a high-level kid, so it would be mm-hmm. a pretty big recruiting win. Um, yeah. But there was also a bunch of football recruiters, football visitors there as well. He said that there was about 30 uh, junior day kids there. Talk about how the experience they had and if there's any specific guys that stand out in terms of uh, the time they had. Yeah, so based on it's it's still early. We're still getting a lot of feedback. Um, we'll have an article out later today with more in depth quotes and stuff. But uh, it sounds like it went pretty good. Um, got to talk to some of the guys. They got to connect with some of the new new coaches, specifically the defensive line coaches. Uh, Colin Farrell is going to be a monster on the recruiting trail. I said it last podcast, and I'm I was a little hesitant to say it, but now I'm very adamant about it. He is going to be just as good a recruiter as Marquis Watson when it's all said and done. He is phenomenal on the trail. These guys love him. Jersey dudes love him because he's, he's a Jersey guy at the end of the day. Um, I think they did really well there. Uh, Jalen Matthews was there. He's probably the biggest name from Jersey that uh, showed up to campus, I would think. Uh, him or John Forrester, you kind of argue. But uh, he looked like he was having a good time. Um, who's the other one? Tyler Merrill's a top 100 kid in 2026. Just got an offer. He had a good time. Um, just going through the list, like it seems like everyone like just, just had a really good time. Now, mind you, I think a lot of people are pissed at maybe not the football recruits, but the football staff for taking up the student section. But that's a conversation we could push down a little later in the pod. But um, yeah, it sounds like everyone had a pretty good time. They got to meet the coaches, got to hang out again. Um, Joel Hall was there. I think he's one of the top wide receiver targets for Rutgers in this class. Let's keep a close eye on him. Um, Michael Troutman, one of the best linemen in this class. Like, it, it just was an overall really good visit, and um, it's just good to get these kids back on campus and just get them around the, the staff as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, we've heard that complaint for as long as we've been fans that, you know, yeah. the, bat, the football recruits take up a big section and, you know, messes with the crowd and the atmosphere, blah, 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 some students who want to go in. Like, they've been doing this forever. It's not going to change until the arena gets renovated, so I think we could just yeah. stop complaining about it. Like. It is what it is. We said that earlier. <clears throat> this is a huge recruiting event for football. Mm-hmm. Same way that basketball comes and has their visitors come for football games. It's yeah. just like it's a recruiting tool for these programs. And you have to kind of think of it that way, that it's it's a good thing that they want to bring these guys to the games because that shows what Rutgers can be like in terms of an atmosphere when things mm-hmm. are rolling and things currently aren't rolling for the basketball program. And to have a crowd like we had on Sunday, is a testament to kind of how strong that, that program is. And it's kind of the way football is shaping up too. Like we're going to have some, probably the best crowds in a decade this season oh, yeah. for football. So it's going to help the basketball program as well. When you have these kids like Trey McKenney coming for the second official visit mm-hmm. for a night game in September, you know what I mean? I'm just throwing out random stuff here, but it's very, it helps both programs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It goes back and forth. Like they host basketball recruits, they host football recruits. It's just how it works, mm-hmm. and it's never going to change uh, until they renovate the arena, like you said. Now, that being said, saw some debates on Twitter about what how to fix this. 
it's kind of already in motion a little bit. We talked to Hobbs and Hobbs said it like he hinted at it because some some genius on Twitter found it and circled it and tweeted it out. <laughs> um, they're, they're going to move the students along the baseline. They're going to move the students along the sideline. They're going to move some students to the other baseline. It's going to be like a little kind of weird shaped U, I a guess. Dome. Half, half a rectangle. I don't a even dome know. Dome of students. Well, it's weird because like it's only going to be the first three rows of the 100s, and then they're going to put them on both baselines. Like, I'm sorry, but that's that's the right thing to do too. Like, I think that's how you get a more crazy, raucous environment. Like, that's just gonna yeah. that's gonna make this place go even crazier. <laughs> like, and I know this isn't like the main consideration, but when you see that on TV, like. Uh, like for example, like the Breslin <clears throat> Center sounds pretty similar to what we're gonna do, where they have like <clears throat> a thin strip of students along, you know, the 100 level. It just is aesthetically like really intimidating from being <clears throat> on the court and seeing it on TV. Um, a lot of these top programs do it. You know, Duke does it at uh, their arena. Um, I can keep naming programs, but we're we're kind of in the minority of ones that just kind of stuff the students in one not corner but one end of the, the baseline because um, yeah. this also creates a an environment where you know in the second half of the first half depending on you know which direction the the away team is shooting you know you're not really having that same advantage that you would when you have to play into the student section so mm-hmm. yeah i've said yeah. it for years i don't know why they just didn't put the students basically on the floor like that because like you said just the environment aesthetically noise wise everything about it would just be just so much better yeah, I mean, I think off, they just so. didn't want to upset <laughs> ticket holders for the longest time. And, yeah. uh, the renovation gives the opportunity to kind of shake things up. Um, so, yeah, no choice. Uh, all right, let's talk some some Rutgers lacrosse? wrestling. Oh, lacrosse. We can talk. <laughs> I, I, I do want to talk about it before we're done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so <clears throat> Rutgers wrestling. Um, they had their point, second. Yeah. <laughs> their second opportunity for an upset yeah. this season. Um, they faced off against number nine ranked Minnesota. They lost 20 to 12. This was a match that was there for the taking. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Rutgers lost two matches in sudden victory. They lost two matches due to a takedown in the final seconds. One, not go. One was awarded to, to Rutgers with Michael Chetta getting a takedown as time expired. And then that was overturned. Another, uh, that, was given to Minnesota that they reviewed and was upheld against uh, Brian Soldano. Um, I mean, Soldano had a win that was basically, you know, stifled at the last second. We had a lot of guys get upset. Um, you know, you saw Jarrett Joles take down John Posnanski at, at 97. You saw Tyler Wells take down Dylan Shaver at uh, 133. I don't, I don't, I don't have a great answer because I'm not like a wrestling buff, but this was just, this felt very similar to the Michigan match where every single match where it seemed like we could start taking momentum back, we found a way to kind of squander, um, didn't really come up big when we needed to. So this, this has to be a gut punch for the program because I know that they really wanted to get a win against the big five, one of the big five this year. Mm-hmm. And now they've already lost two of those opportunities and they have another one with, with, uh, Ohio State this upcoming weekend on Sunday, yeah. but they they've got to be feeling a lot of wind out of their sails right now. Yeah, I I don't know. Like like you kind of said, I don't really know what the issue is. Um, they're winning a couple matches that 
they're, I mean, they're winning the matches, some of the matches they should, and then they're losing some of the matches they, sh- they should win. Like, the Poznanski one was bad. Soldano, again, like, what? I don't know what's going on with him this year. Uh, Turley's pretty good, which was cool. And this is supposed yeah. to be their, one of their better lineups in recent history. Um, it sucks. It's just, it's a, it's a kick in the nuts. And if they don't, I know you said they wanted to win one of the big five, but, like, one of them I'm probably going to mark a loss. Ohio State's probably going to be, a, like, a loss if I had to guess. Um, it's tough. It's tough to get up when they can't get past that, like, that middle threshold of the, the wrestling rankings. Like, they're at, like, what was it? They're at 13 right now? They really can't get higher than that. Like, they're, maybe they'll get 12, but, like, they're struggling to get to that next level. And I don't know if it's a development thing. I think part of it probably has to go back to the wrestling club, and it's more like you, you need better athletes there to help train and everything, but you also need money. So it's a two, it's a double-edged sword. Like you need more money, but you need better athletes. You need better athletes, but you need more money to get those athletes. So it's like, and then you need NIL money on top of that. So it's it's tough. I just um, until like they get more money, it's really you're just sitting here, sitting in like the, the twelve to fifteen, sixteen range. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, it was we can't develop at the upper weights, and now we finally have upper three weights. really good upper weights guys, but they're just not winning these you know, tough matches when you really need them to. Like, I think Brian Saldano's taken a step back this year. John Poznanski's been pretty reliable. Uh, obviously, he lost not this Minnesota, week, yeah. but I don't, I don't have a Magic Bullets solution to this. Um, I don't know if there is I one. Just, I just wanted to kind of talk about it. But yeah, t- another tough loss for the wrestling program. Yeah, um, they do wrestle Ohio State on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Jersey Mike's. Um, they're ranked seventh currently in the country, so that's another opportunity for a big win. I don't have in front of me Ohio State's lineup. It's going to be tough to beat them, regardless of you know where their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, but I do expect another great crowd because it looked like a great crowd on BTM Plus for the Minnesota match. But obviously, it didn't uh, result in a win. But for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is what it is. Like we said earlier, uh, keep, that's the theme of the pod. It is what it is this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah. yeah, let's let's talk some positive news. Lacrosse. Then um, you still baby. probably be saying, you know, what are you talking about? Lacrosse. They had a scrimmage against Villanova this past weekend. Villanova is usually a pretty good uh, lacrosse program. I think they mm-hmm. won something like fifteen to three. Yes. Uh, they really turned it on in the second half. And Coach Brian Brecht was speaking to some donors this past weekend and was yep. talking about their stadium plans. You pulled out some pictures no. of the stadium plans from Never. some uh, <laughs> sources. Let's talk about lacrosse, Rich. You got some uh, some info here. Yeah, I mean, uh, starting with the scrimmage. Um, so th- they're an interesting team this year. I was actually talking to a lot of people about it yesterday at the basketball game. Um, at halftime, I believe they were tied in the scrimmage. And then they just went on this crazy run. Um, from what I was told, it's going to take a lot of gelling because there's a lot of transfers coming in. Um, they're still trying to figure out the lineups and stuff like that, trying to mix and match guys. It's a scrimmage, so it's essentially what a scrimmage is. 
Um, just play around with your roster, see what you could do. But um, as long as these guys gel pretty good together, they should have a pretty good season. Um, other than that, uh, we tweeted out the lacrosse. Well, I shouldn't say go back to uh, Coach Brecht was in New York City meeting with some donors, I believe, or whatever it was. And um, he was talking about how they're – he actually went out on Twitter and even put it out there saying, like, oh, our new lacrosse stadium project. And everyone's like, wait, what? Like, I'm, like, I'm sitting here like, yeah, you know the thing we tweeted out in June 2023? Yeah, that thing. Like, let's tweet it out again. Look, got another 20,000 views because people just, I guess, didn't believe us. Do you believe us now? Like, <laughs> Rutgers Rivals has the scoops, buddy. Um yeah, uh, it's going to go right where the blue lot is. People are going to be pissed about that. I don't know when it's going to start, but I know it's going to start relatively soon because they have the money for the field. So what they're doing first is they're going to put the field down, and they're going to use that as like a practice field, I guess, and stuff like that, and probably still use the stadium for uh, for games. And then they're going to build around the field and build like the fence and the stadium, the seating and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> They're going to have hills on both sides, which I thought was kind of interesting, almost like the baseball uh, stadium. So you're going to have you can go and sit on the field and sit on the hill and watch the game there if you want. Um, the rendering, like for you, those of you that haven't seen, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, window, where is it? It is right here. It's pretty sharp looking, and I have to put that in the middle. Sorry, because everyone else steals it and just throws it on other sites. So. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, you could see this is, like, uh, your sack, and then it just goes opposite direction of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it looks it looks pretty damn nice. You get little, like, little scoreboards over here. You get nice, solid seating. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what I was reading, it's projected at a 5,000-seat uh, stadium when it's all said and done. That's it's relatively bigger than most of the other stadiums, or schools that have stadiums, I should say. Um like I think Northwestern has one. I think Ohio State has one. There's someone Maryland, I believe. But uh, yeah, if you're in the blue lot, I'd uh, I'd start taking a peek into some other lots. And I I'm gonna highly recommend you don't go to the yellow because that's on its way out too. Um, oh, I know boy. people people are complaining about parking already. Um, this hasn't <laughs> the project hasn't even started. People are like, what the hell? What are we gonna do with parking? I'm like, honestly, you look at most other schools. This is this is what it is. You're gonna have to park a little bit further. And you want to make this like an athletic like circle. Like you want this to be athlete central minus basketball yeah. and baseball and have that over there on that campus and have all five stadiums here. It makes for a cool atmosphere too. Um, lacrosse is big. It's growing and they're getting a lot of donors. So you kind of have to do something about it because one play on, and the reason that they're, why can't they play in the soccer field? One plays on grass, one plays on turf, completely different. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> soccer on turf sucks. I, I'll speak from experience. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, soccer on turf too is just ACL injuries waiting to happen. Like yeah. that, there's so many more lower body injuries playing on turf. Um, it's also mm-hmm. not great in terms of. I know that there's been like some like studies about like goalies because they're always like kind of yep. you know in the turf and how damaging mm-hmm. that could be as well. Yep. Uh, not great. And then there's the argument, why can't they use the football facility still? And it's like, you're tearing up the football field. Like, yeah. Yep. I forget, what's going in the yellow lot? The football facility. Oh, okay. <laughs> the new football <laughs> facility. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> will be announced, I guess, soonish. Um, they started handing out like packets to donors. And, hey, you want to see an actual picture of that, too? Because we got that one, too. <laughs> yeah, let's see it. Um, hold on, I gotta pull this up. You gotta give me a sec. So, uh, but, but yeah, I do think that 
it's it's a big NIMBY problem and not my backyard issue where like everybody wants these things, but then if it affects them at all, they're pissed off about it. It's like, wait, I've been parking the blue lot for this many years and they're going to yeah. get rid of it now. It's like, mm-hmm. this is big boy issues. You want to, you know, be a big boy athletic program. You got to make big boy decisions and you got to do stuff like this. It's unfortunate. Like nobody wants to you know, negatively affect a, a specific group of fans, but you hear this yeah. with the basketball upgrades you hear this with the you know facilities upgrades like it's going to affect somebody you can't just like create space out of thin air this isn't freaking minecraft you know what i mean like it's you gotta you gotta put it somewhere and unfortunately it's gonna go in somebody's lot if it's not blue it's yeah yellow if it's not yellow it's you know somewhere else yeah i mean the lacrosse guys can't even get an extra work right now like they need to that's the whole thing like you see all the basketball players are in the the facility what 24 7 almost mm-hmm so they need a spot to go get extra work, and that's what they're going to get eventually, uh, sooner rather than later. Actually, I shouldn't say eventually. Um, and then this thing, this, um, as some call it, Greg Shandell's football palace. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. I think it looks great, to be honest with you. And that's just phase one. I haven't even tweeted mm-hmm. out phase two yet. Like, we'll get down to that. But uh, it's it's interesting. I like this whole setup because it opens right up to the football fields and outdoors. It makes sense. It looks good. You get to cut off that side road, whatever that road is. Um, and, and you still kind of have parking like here and here and here, like it's, I don't know. It just, this is, this is what it's going to look like. And there, there's your yellow lot you know, or whatever's left of it. Yeah. I, I do think that people are justified <laughs> in like being concerned about the tailgating scene. Cause it is like, it's good. It is a great tailgating scene. Um, and when you remove two of the biggest lots, you yeah. got to put those people somewhere. And I don't know what the solution is. The bubble. Uh, I'm just kidding. You can't mm-hmm. get rid of that either. <laughs> I mean, the golf course makes the most sense, but That's you got people complaining about parking on the golf course. Like, you're not going to make everyone happy. There's mm-hmm. always going to be people complaining. You know, I, I I make this comparison. Like, some people who would complain if you gave them $1,000 and it was all in 100s because they can't spend hundreds in a lot mm-hmm. of places. It's like, you're just not going to make everyone happy. So that's, you know, that's why they put people in positions that they have to make tough decisions and they get paid big bucks to make tough decisions. Yeah. So parking wise, like you can't get rid of the bubble. I know everyone's like, get rid of the bubble, like open up a lot of a giant field. No, you need that bubble for the other sports. <laughs> like there's a lot of sports that use it more than just football. So that's not going anywhere. So you're going to have to do the golf course, which is one that we've already been talked about. You're going to use probably the rock and center parking here. You're going to use the yellow or whatever's left of the yellow here. You're going to use this thing, whatever, I don't know, other yellow lot here. I think this is brown or whatever it is. Use that. Um, where the tennis courts are, they already paved over the tennis courts. That's a parking lot now. So add that on top of the parking by the hail. I think that's almost going to be like Scarlet Lot 2.0. So you just flip it on the other side. You still have the Scarlet Lot. You have the golf course, which you can walk over to. The golf course is close enough that if you park on it, it's really not that far from the stadium. And yeah. then, honestly, all the houses, all those houses in those side streets are going to be making killer money. They're going to be paying 40 50 bucks a, pot, a parking spot. The Greek church is a really good lot if you have fun there. Um, they, already, they, they actually charge you. I mean, it's a little pricey. I think it's like near like 80 bucks. But you also get to tailgate with them, and they, they make food there every weekend too. It's a good little spot. They also, I didn't realize this. They allow you to use their bathroom facilities. So you don't have to go into Porta Potty. You can go in a real bathroom. So if you got, you know, an older parent that you go to games with, or you have somebody who, 
doesn't like to use uh, a porta potty, which I know plenty of people like that. Yep. The Greek church is great, and I know some people are going to be like, "Don't don't give away the big secret." Like big the Greek secret. church is a great lot to go tailgate in. Yeah, uh, I heard a uh, couple um, s- very specific Greek uh, parents will be tailgating there as well. Ooh, I wonder who we could be talking about there. I don't know who if there's any other Greek, Greek that guy is now on the, on the team. football team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Giannis. Yeah. yeah, Giannis. Giannis <laughs> Craig, Craig nailed it. Um, <laughs> all right, so we covered a lot here. Is there anything that we didn't hit on that you guys wanted to talk about before we head out? I just want to guess shout out to uh, congrats Isaiah Pacheco going back to the Super Bowl second year in a row, even though I'm a yep. little tired of seeing his team win it every year. He's only been there for two years, so I guess, you know, he's not a part of that. But, you know, congrats to him. I saw him on Twitter. Uh, they was screaming, uh, repping Jersey mother. That was, that was, yeah. that was, that was, that was a pretty you cool. You can say that. On motherfucker. No, that was a cool moment. That was a cool, that was a cool moment. I'm just really happy to see him actually like, not only, not only just being the NFL, he's a real star. Like he's, it's not like, yeah. this isn't like Rutgers guys hyping up a Rutgers guy. This dude is becoming really a household name. He's basically one of. Oh, I guess you could make the argument Kelsey's bigger, but really one of the main pieces on possible the best team in the league, and and just really just happy to see what he's doing in the league. And now, if uh, if Pajeko can just you know get the word in with uh with uh, Taylor Swift so we can get her on the pod, that would be awesome. Yeah, just 10, tell her number ten, 10 that 10. yeah n- <laughs> number ten says can you hop on the uh, Rutgers rivals pod? That that would be sweet. Uh, it's crazy. He's not even making a mill. Like, they're just yeah i know they're just good i mean he's he's i mean he's just so good everybody everybody who i watch with like whenever they watch him they're just like amazed by him just because he's just such a just a violent runner like he's just I, amazing to, did you, he's just amazing like he's just exactly the type of player where if you're playing against him you just hate his guts but if you're like rooting for him you just love the guy did you see the Twitter, um, the tweet that was like the bulldog walking like, yeah, yeah, everyone's tweeting yeah. <laughs> like it's Pacheco. <laughs> like, yeah. like he's almost yeah. become like his own type, like, like he's just like his own like type of guy. Like you never, like I feel like you never see, you, you don't see a guy run like him. It's just amazing. Wait till I see Manungai. <laughs> well, Manungai's yeah. a little bit different. Manungai makes guys miss. Pacheco doesn't he's, necessarily he make guys like miss. He just bit. runs through them. Yeah. Yeah, I think also Pacheco is just such a physical specimen. Like, there, it, it, there's a thing called like speeds or speed, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like it takes your weight into account. Um, it's like size adjusted speed score, I think it is. So it basically takes like your weight and your forty score or your forty time, and it gives you like this score uh, in terms of like how athletic you actually are. And he was one of the more athletic running backs in the last decade to come out. So he's just like a physical specimen. I think he ran the four, like the mid four threes at like 210 pounds at the combine. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not many guys like him. So but none guy is definitely not that kind of physical specimen. Um, but he is, you know, he does have the same like stick your face in the fan type mentality that, that uh, Pacheco has. And he has the potential to be, you know, another guy in the league <clears throat> that, you know, if, if you're a running back, and you're not looking at Rutgers the same way if you're a defensive back and you're not looking at Rutgers, you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice. Gus Edwards, Isaiah Pacheco, etc. Um, yeah. Um, I got two things I want to sign off with. Uh, number one, Max Melton Senior Bowl next Saturday. I don't know if uh, 
we'll have another pod or not this week. So I'm just wait, we might. I don't know actually. Uh, but yeah, that's that's huge for him. And they just put out a <laughs> kind of dumb commercial uh, on Twitter and social media. Rutgers did, and it's just like, yeah, Max has been acting kind of weird lately, and it's just Max eating like a million Reese's. Like just and it's like yeah every time i see him this man's just down in reese's and it's like oh my god um reese's reese's that's a different different debate for a different pod um <laughs> also um oh the knights of honor that was pretty cool um i i do sort of like it i was hoping more of like a knight's circle like when you when you hear ring of honor knights of honor you think it's gonna be like a circle somewhere kind of like the metlife has the jets and the giants version of it uh, but they put their jerseys in the rafters, and, and I get it. But you better not, better not give anyone those numbers from now on. Like it's like an unofficial retired, retired, not retired number. Like I feel like you can't really give them away. And then I, who's next? Like because sellers probably I would think. Well, um, sellers is already retired. Is they he retired? retired is that one? Yeah. So All right, that makes more. They sense have like then. very strict rules about jersey number retirements. Which is um, and he Just actually. Yeah, he is like, retired. So, um, so yeah, that right, number that twelve won't then. be worn again. Right, I re- I read that wrong, incorrectly on the board. So all you guys who are yelling, sellers should have been there <laughs> on in the uh, the Raptors. I think he is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're looking at <laughs> yeah. like a Ron, Geo, Caleb. Those are kind of your guys, possibly yeah. maybe going apart. I would say the, those three. I'd... I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go further. I'm nah. just gonna say. It. I'll say it. Be that guy. When you leave in June, you don't get a Raptor. Or no, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Although I was thinking that you could, they could have called it the round table, but then I think we would have had to send a cease and desist. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, you know if they Gosh. wanted to do it, I'd, I'd allow it. I'll let it go. <laughs> Someone else already stole the round table. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I'm All right. <laughs> um, Michael Thomas this Wednesday, by the way. Uh, top NJ kid visiting. Forgot to mention that it's on the boards already. It's been on the boards for a week. I forgot about it until a second ago. So he's visiting campus, or he's making his announcement. <clears throat> you know, uh, visiting campus. You no announcement yet. Um, visited Syracuse last weekend. Visited visiting Rutgers this week. I believe he has a Penn State visit for the third, which is I think Saturday. Uh, I don't know Saturday Sunday, whatever the hell it is. Um, yeah, so. That's it. All right. So, a lot, a lot going on this week. Rutgers basketball is also playing Wednesday uh, versus Penn State. Looking to get back on track. Um, Better. So, we'll probably, Richie said we might not have one. We probably will have one at least. There's oh, always news that I breaks. Lied. So, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but for me and the guys, it's been another edition of the podcast. So. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.